You're listening to Pulse, a podcast by Air Commandos for Air Commandos. Our mission is to seek clarity and confidence in our understanding of the factors which influence our individual effectiveness. We invite you to join us as we engage in real conversations which explore everything from leadership to physical fitness, from resilience to developing effective habits. So lace up, sink your heading bug, and let's get after it. Well, welcome back, folks. We're so glad to have you listening to Pulse today. Uh, We are going to engage in some pretty, what I would like to consider, um, possibly sensitive topics. Yeah, we're going to continue that theme of difficult conversation. Yeah. And uh, I just kind of want to give that heads up to our listener going, hey, just so you know, we're going to embrace this. We're going to dig in and kind of bare our knuckles a little bit. Yep. But all for the the benefit of just exploring these concepts and having an honest, open dialogue about them. Um, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our hosts that are at the table, which I am so excited to have. And we have a couple of others that will be joining us very shortly yes. as well. And we'll uh, have, have an opportunity. We have lots of people in the studio. Yes. Although we are appropriately spaced out. We are. We are <laughs> doing our absolute best in the area that we have available to us. So first, I'm going to open it up to um, uh, Sergeant Garcia. Sure. And uh, just take a few moments. Tell us who you are, what you're about, where you came from, all that, whatever. Well, uh, thanks, sir. Thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you, Colonel Strasky, for granting me this uh, this opportunity. Uh, so I am Sergeant Garcia. I am the flight chief of operational medicine. So the new uh, flight that stood up by uh, the AFMS uh, to devote our attention to the active duty. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I enlisted in uh, November 2006, uh, came from El Paso, Texas, and uh, the military was foreign to me. Don't really come from a military family, uh, so I said, I'm going to give this a shot. You know, they started cutting hours at work. I said, I need to pay for school, uh, but it's definitely taught me a lot. Uh, definitely start getting the patriotism uh, ingrained in you and, and, and the reason why we wear the uniform. So I've been very uh, blessed to have phenomenal leadership uh, throughout my 13, going on 14 years here pretty soon. Um, and I like what I do. I love, I love helping people as a medic, and uh, I really enjoy it. Good. Well, thanks for coming, and thanks for sitting down with us. We're excited to have you. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have one that's joined us once before. Lieutenant. Yes, sir. Lieutenant yeah. Colonel Chris Ostrowski, the Special Operations Operational Medical Readiness Squadron uh, for Cannes Air Force Base, the commander over there. Uh, get to work with these fine gentlemen as well as uh, about 118, 120 others. Yes. And uh, uh, we're devoted to all things medicine for the active duty as well as surveillance uh, items and uh, and trying to care for the warfighter and make them more effective. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming back. Absolutely. I'm glad I didn't ch- chase you away the first time you were nah, here. No, nah. no. As a matter of fact, I was looking forward to coming back. Uh, the podcast is absolutely amazing. The topics are amazing. The guests that you've had on are incredible. Good. Uh, I think that uh, the listeners get a lot from what, the content of this podcast. Well, thank you. Yes, uh, it's exciting to hear. So let's uh, let's dive in for just a moment. Tough conversations, uh, leading with purpose, whatever that looks like. I'd like to kind of open it up to you as guests to kind of give your inputs on what that means to you and kind of what it looks like to you. So we'll start here with uh, Sergeant Garcia and and uh, move move forward. Thanks, sir. 
So leading with purpose, um, I think this is something that um, the leader, whoever it may be, airman, officer, enlisted, whoever it may be, um, they have to find a they have to find their why, um, the reason why they do what they do. If we were uh, are the people that just show up to work and just jump on the hamster wheel and and just start you know pedaling as fast as the others. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing that? What serv- what purpose, you know, uh, are we are we following um, or are we serving? Uh, and I'm, if you hopefully, you know, if you talk to my airmen, uh, you know, I, I let them know, like, you know, why do you put the uniform on in the mornings? Um, you know, what made what made you enlist? Um, and 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 that's not a question for me. That's a question for you, uh, for you to answer. And what gets you up every morning? Is it your family? You know, is it because you have a sense of patriotism? Um, is it because you like helping patients or turning you know the the wrench on that you know on that aircraft? Um, Daniel Pink talks about it in his in his book Drive. Um, Simon Sinek talks about it and Start with Why. Uh, uh, Captain Marquet talks about it in his book uh, Turn the Ship Around. All those guys. The, one of the things that they drive a lot is find a sense of purpose, your why, um, your 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 control, all that stuff. Uh, so I think it's I think it's very uh, it's one of those innate things as leaders that we need to understand why we do what we do and why we're going to lead those people and where we're going to where we're going to head to so that way they understand why they're following us and where they're where they're going to follow us to okay and i think we'll dive into some of your individual whys here in just a minute but uh colonel i don't think i could have said it any better than sergeant garcia that is absolutely a beautiful answer and but the answer in one's career changes from when you first enlisted or came into the Air Force as opposed to where you might be now, uh, many years down your career. There's a question that sometimes is asked uh, to individuals of early ranks and later ranks, and that question is, uh, you know, why did you join the Air Force? And I think that's a great question. I think uh, an equally good question is, why have you stayed? Because mm. I got to tell you, I joined the Air Force for the I, me, and my reasons. I okay. continue to stay because of the we, us, and team. Why am I here today? I am here because I am here to serve, and I'm here to help others achieve their goals while we conduct our mission. And so uh, I think it's uh, the two facets are very important considerations. I like it. I think uh, I would definitely like, why did you start, but why did you stay? And some people lose the why on why they want to stay and well they get out and that's not wrong but i think that's part of the equation right some people lose their why along the way and some people lose their why along the way and they're still here right and they have to sometimes find a new why there's a balance and that balance is in each uh, each of us and that balance may be as simple as between the needs of the air force and the needs of your family and you try to balance that each and every day, at least I do, and sometimes I, I, I do well at that, and sometimes I don't do well at that. Uh, in fact, in the past two weeks, I've not been doing well at that at all. Uh, but in general, in the big picture, once the needs of the family, all things considered, go beyond the needs of your Air Force uh, uh, commitment, you know that there's an imbalance there, and that may be the time. Hmm. 
uh, and that balance is going to change for each of us depending on where we are in our lives and our careers. The, uh, it changes when uh, you have children, definitely, and it changes when those children start growing up and they need a little stability in their lives as well. And so now uh, the active duty members' considerations change. The, the factors that go into their decisions change because they're not just thinking about themselves, they're thinking about their family unit. And that's a, that's a, a readily obvious uh, consideration, but there's others. And each and every day we have to balance that out and see why are we here and is it uh, still meeting our objectives? So I fully agree that there's multiple facets to that why. So if your why could look a little bit different than mine if we started analyzing the why. Oh, sure. But I guess m my concern would be is, is there, um, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this, but is it, Unex, uh, unreasonable to expect that s there should be some consistency in, in, in our why if between all of us who are wearing the uniform. In other words, there may be some factors over here that you your, your why is different than mine, but there are some foundational ones that are seen as the same. Is that something we should see? Or am I missing the mark? I think... Um I think that's a very good question, and I think that is important. Um, you know, that's why we have our core values. Uh, if you if you were, if you think about it, um, the unit that we serve, um, if you pan out a little bit more, more strategically, you know, um, look at our matchcom. What 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 call are we answering at this point? So, I think that you know, if I can't count on you know the person sitting next to me, that they're going to be serving the same purpose you know, then there's going to be a very big disconnect when it comes to answering the call or serving the mission. They may be doing it for a completely different purpose uh, than they than I am. You know, I could be giving 110%. They could be giving their 70 uh, because their why could just be like, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just here to collect a paycheck. So I think at some point um, we have to have that, that um, common thread, that common fiber that says we're all here for this reason and we're all heading out in, in the right direction now my enlistment was because i had you know i had no money to pay for school and so on and so forth but you know at the end of the day when i go to my my peer my you know the other tech sergeant you know we have to understand that hey i need you uh to fulfill this mission you need me to accomplish yours so let's go ahead and meet together uh, common ground a venn diagram if you will so okay that's Thoughts? I think it goes back to that growth that we see in each individual. Why did we join the Air Force? Did we know what core values were when we joined the Air Force? Some of us, maybe yes, some of us, maybe no. Mm -hmm. And we grow into that. We start understanding, we start appreciating that experience factor comes into play. And so while we were able to recite the core values, because that's what we were instructed to do and that's what we memorized, and we had rote memorization, but sure. then our growth began to help us understand what that means. And so our understanding, the listeners that we have, the people who are listening to this podcast, I would assume are, are military-minded individuals, maybe have served uh, uh, partially in the, in, the, in the military for a few years or maybe a full 20-year uh, career. That understanding of what those core values mean to them means something different each and every year they gain more experience and that 
at this point with 18 years of experience, I appreciate everyone who puts a uniform on, everyone who has taken an oath to serve and protect our country and protect our family. And long after I leave the Air Force, I'm going to appreciate those individuals uh, who are making that sacrifice and some who make the ultimate sacrifice mm -hmm. for our freedoms. And it uh, is something that I appreciate far more than I think that I did on day one. And it's also something that I may, I think that I appreciate more than uh, some that have never served or been associated with the military. I like that. Um, I, I, at some level, I think we have to share some common motivating factors there, the why, somewhere, somehow. Yeah, there should be two concentric circles of whys. Yeah. Or maybe three or four, but in the middle is yeah. what, that's our foundation, yep. our relationship to each other, no matter what your job is, on the flight line or off the flight line in a support role or an enabler role. Yeah, because where do you find common ground then if you don't, just right. out of curiosity? If, if there isn't a shared, like let's just say part of, our, part of your why might be the mission, whatever that is for you. Um, and I think, I think if it's you worth can't it. share that. Right, but I think it's worth it because uh, Sergeant Garcia made me think of it, was how do you know you have your why correct, right? Ooh. Because sometimes you're sometimes you're sitting there like, yeah, this is I'm doing it for this reason. But hmm, have you really pulled that reason apart? Have you do you understand the, the foundation of the why? OK. Right. And what it is that you need. Right. So to know your own needs and what's the most important to you. Uh, some people are familiar with the hierarchy of needs, but I would wager that not everybody has them listed in the same order. And the military understands this. This is what the true purpose, in my opinion, of a feedback is to determine your whys as they evolve through your culture. So you can self-examine yourself. What are your goals? What are the things you can do to assist this? That, those are questions to really pull apart the why. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be driving at. And once you hit that touchstone to say, this is your why, and for leaders out there, if you can figure out the people that are working with you, yeah. for you, yeah. if you figure out their why, you can motivate them to do anything. And isn't that interesting? You if you can figure out their why. And so as we, as leaders and as followers, each of us are both, and someone else looks at you and they try to figure out your why, your actions are being evaluated, not your thoughts. How do you act? What, what would someone else say is my why? Is it the same that I think it is? Hmm. Or are my actions different? So that's, can, that's kind of deep. I like that. Yeah, yeah that, that's, it, a, that's it, an important part. Can someone else know your why from your actions? Because they should be able to determine that. They right? should. They, they should. should. So if they're yeah. genuine, yes. Right. If, you're, yeah. if you're operating in a genuine, sincere manner, mm -hmm. then someone should be able to look at you, see your actions, and determine your why. And if, they, if your why doesn't match your actions, then I think self-reflection might be in order. Right? So an easy one. That's fair. If someone looks at a uh, Lieutenant Colonel Ostrowski and they say, you know, what's his why? Are they going to say his why is to get promoted to 06? Or are they going to say his why is to take care of the mission and take care of the people at the same time? Ooh, I think that one hits close to home for me. So let's explore that just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, how do you effectively, if you're wanting to kind of get to know one of your people's why, from a leadership perspective, what are some of the key behaviors and things you need to be doing in order to effectively learn what that why is? 
uh, begins with communication. And I've heard you talk about it, and I appreciate that. The, uh, a lot of our challenges rely in effective communication and effective, uh, effective feedback, not just one way, but both ways. And so uh, meeting with the people that uh, you rate, meeting, and if those people, uh, for instance, I meet uh, every two weeks with the people that I rate, and that's just a standard uh, appointment that we have to talk. There's no agenda. Uh, it is a, it's a forum for the individual to talk about whatever they want. And if they offer me time, I appreciate it, and I will ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I got to tell you, some of the, the, the questions that I ask, whether it be in a feedback session or just walking around the squadron, is tell me what we as a leadership team, Senior Master General Farrell and myself as a superintendent and me as the commander, what can we do better for you? How have we not effectively uh, led the squadron, how, we, how, how can we do better for you, how can we do better for your flight, and how can we do better for the squadron? And then uh, sometimes I like to just, you know, uh, you know, take it a little bit raw because an uh, individual see lieutenant colonel, they see a, a squadron commander, but I want to make it a, a little bit informal. And so sometimes I'll just walk up to someone and say, hey, tell me how I suck today. <laughs> You know? He does, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I do absolutely right? Right. because I need that. I need that feedback. I need to know what I'm missing. Sure. So, so can I ask you then? Sure. A little, and if it's maybe a personal nature, let us know. We'll move on. But you mentioned earlier how you weren't quite doing it that well a couple of weeks ago, um, or for a couple of weeks. The, well, the whole work-life balance. Type oh, thing? the work-life right. balance was was definitely not there. In fact, uh, so how how does that relate to? your motivations at the time and the why, you know, did, what was out of, what was, what brought you back to balance? Well, I'm not positive that I am in balance, uh, quite honestly. And I'll tell you quite honestly that, that I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I work to achieve a goal every day and I, I get closer to it. Sometimes I'll hit it. Sometimes I'll absolutely miss it. Uh, the past two weeks have been long days, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, not unlike, uh, what a lot of us experience here and there. And, uh, the uh, my mindset that I have alongside with Senior Master General Faro is mission first, people always. We want to take care of our squadron. We want to take care of the things um, that our individuals need, and so they can uh, better accomplish their individual missions and the greater mission. And so, in order to take care of them, they have requests. Individuals have requests. They've got training requests. They've got uh, requests for uh, EALs. And uh, if I go home. I know that there's about 120 people that have requests there that uh, need to be actioned. I like doing today's work today, and I don't like putting off work that I could do right now and that I should do right now. Now, we're getting better as a squadron of timeliness of when to submit packages and when to submit items uh, that should be considered, uh, you know, give me a little bit of time to work these. Sure. At the same time, there is no shortage of work. It keeps on coming in. And so uh, what did I do? I did for two weeks. Uh, it was uh, an exhausting two weeks, and I don't know if it was, there was a full moon or, or what was going on in the base. Uh, the exercise you know, certainly played into it as well, um, but there was just some very long days. And so uh, there was one uh, day last week on Thursday that it was an especially long day. And I'm not complaining, by the way. This is, this is I, I get to do this. Yeah. I don't have to do this. I get to do it, and I love it. But I came home tired. It was 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, without taking off my uniform, I just fell into the couch. 
and you know, you know that you know that we've feeling. All, we've been there. Yeah, yep. it was one of you, those days. You get the boots off, and that was the last thing you remember. <laughs> oh, it, it wasn't even the boots were off. I just fell into the couch, <laughs> and uh, you know, I looked up and I saw uh, my wife Karen uh, across from me, and uh, she said, "Hey." Uh, Jason went to sleep. My son went to sleep about an hour or two ago, and uh, and she said, "Hey, he said to mention, you did a great job today." That's and, cool. And I gotta tell you, yeah, all my problems, all my challenges went away, and uh, that's exactly what I needed at that particular time, and and that means a lot to me, because as I tell him, uh, say, Jason. You know, our family is uh, is three large. It's uh, it's my it's my wife, it's me, and it's him. It's Jason. And when we uh, had the opportunity to come to Ann- Cannon Air Force Base, I let him know that our family is growing by 120 people, and we get to have that. And there are going to be days, there's going to be nights where it's going to be very late, and I'm not going to be able to be with you as much as I would want to. But here's why I'm not home as much and here is what we're doing and your sacrifice with time also is doing this as well i get to be able to affect 120 lives and hopefully for the positive so before we really dive a little bit more into this idea of having difficult conversations i'd uh, i do want to get your input on put yourself in in the shoes which shouldn't be hard to do because we all have a boss, right? Put yourself in the shoes of, of um, looking up to your leader going, hey, what are some things that I want to see from my leader that helps me understand that they're truly trying to def- you know, figure out what your why is? Wow, that's, that's an interesting conversation. It's like looking into a mirror with another mirror. Right, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. But what, what are some things that you would really like to experience or see from them? Right. Um, so essentially that they're helping me find my why. Am I correct? Not so much way? find your why, but or, they're trying to at least understand your why. In other words, try to get to know what is it that pushes you? What is it that gotcha. motivates you? Um, I've been blessed with a really good supervisor for the past four years <laughs> um, since I've been in, in, in this clinic. And... Um, one of the things that he said is, uh, you know, rules without re- rules without relationships lead to rebellion. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is that he always uh, we have a, a great working relationship. Um, you know, knock on wood, but I'm not gonna knock on the table. Sure. So, sure. <laughs> uh, but you know, the, uh, w- what I like is that you know he w- we talk, we listen. It's always very informal, and he could probably tell you probably more about my why than I than than I can. Um, he could probably look at, you know, tell you Sergeant Garcia's motivation um, and drive is this because we take time to talk uh, day in and day out. And probably my most common co- topic of conversation with him is, sure. you know, the level of training that we have for our airmen. Yeah. Um, and so he would probably tell you that, you know, my my salary test, uh, if you will, uh, that's, you know, what uh, Simon Sinek refers to as is that training is a big deal for me. So he empowers me to knowing what I, what I focus on to, to say, okay, if, you know, if this is what you need, I know that this is what you need to accomplish the mission. And I know this is what these guys need to accomplish the mission. I will go ahead and make the adjustments necessary. So that way you can, you know, you can move forward with that. 
I would say that's my big why, training uh, and having, um, you know, it's one of our soft truths, right? Uh, we can make, you know, those those forces, or we can create those forces overnight. So um, that's one of my biggest drives is, you know, making sure that our airmen are always, you know, up and ready so that when I leave, they are always able to, you know, accomplish that mission. So he's very, he empowers me a lot. He gives me that control uh, and that purpose to say, go, go ahead. Yeah. Because we have those conversations though. Right. And what's, what I'm hearing is a little bit of, and it does sound like you have a very good supervisor. Um, He's pretty good. Is <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Is not only can you discover someone's why, but you can give them one. Mm-hmm. And everyone here in this room currently uh, is in a position where we are supervising leaders. We supervise people who lead other people. Mm-hmm. And you can instill a why. I think, uh, Colonel Stropsky, your story about what your son said highlights that. And that's what planted that seed for me. You gave him a why you're not home. And because you gave that to him, he perceived what was happening in a, in a in a way that ended up being positive. He can be proud that, wow, look at what my dad has done. Look, he must be doing such a great job that he's tired. He did not perceive this situation as, oh, my dad's not home, this sucks. Instead, he was able to feel proud of you, right? And be proud that he is part of this family that's doing this great thing, you know? That's bigger than himself, that's even bigger than the people in the house. At his young age, he still is developing that concept because of, because of the why that you gave to him. And then I think that relates to us in our job and our workplace as we work with airmen, as we work with NCOs. You give them a why and whatever they're going through can be, their perception of that can be affected by the why that you place. And I think this is where the adage of attitude reflects leadership, this mm-hmm. is where that comes from what the attitude of people uh, around you, not just below you, above you too, but the attitude of people around you can be affected by the whys that you give them. Absolutely, yeah. We play a significant role there uh, in helping our folks stay focused and understanding. So shifting this just slightly to more of the difficult conversation, uh, I'd like to kind of open it up. Give us an example of a time in your work section where you probably should have had a difficult conversation, but you didn't, and then what kind of came of that? And and you can change the names to protect the innocent, that kind of thing, but I think it's important that we share some of these stories uh, because many of our listeners can probably relate, and it helps that relation uh, there uh, generate. So, uh, Sergeant Garcia. Well, um, I, I'm going to go back to, um, I think one of my patients, I'm going to say that was one of them, um, had gone, uh, inpatient, uh, for, you know, alcohol. And, um, when he came back out, you know, I had, I had the, you know, in a nutshell. So I, I perceived that, that, um, um, alcohol and breath type of thing. So he he ended up relapsing within, you know, the first three days mm-hmm. that he was out of, of, uh, rehab. And, um, I didn't, I, I didn't want to go through and say, Hey, you know, were you, were you, were you drinking again? You just, you know, you just got out. I didn't want to be that guy, you know, right. you know, uh, finger wagging. But, um, I think at that point I could have, I, I should have said, you know, close the door and said, Hey man, you know, like 
is everything okay? You know, are you, are you, are you everything good? How are you, you know, coping? I did not. Uh, and I think that had some uh, negative repercussions uh, in, uh, on, in his career. Um, you know, I, I definitely could have, could have helped out and, and been there, you know, and, and I had this experience with, you know, another patient had did the same thing, got out of rehab and, and, and relapsed within the first few days. Um, and, uh, kept it in my mind, but I didn't say it, you know, uh, at that, sure. at that point. So it's a very objective example, but you know, we, I, I, I shied away. Um, again, I didn't want to be the, the finger wagger, um, and, and had some, some negative repercussions. And I, I kicked myself, you know, in the behind because I wish, I wish I would have helped out and I could have, I could have been there, you know, and, and expecting that once he got out to say, you know, tell his peers like, Hey, uh, just keep an eye on him, you know, cause this is a potential. And it was just kind of like, all right, have a good one. And then we let him out. Um, and it was one of those, one of those things. So, um, lesson learned, you know, I wish I would have had that, you know, and if it was like, Hey man, I'm good. Thanks for, you know, thanks for worrying me, but I'm good. Yeah. Um, and I could have said, okay, well, you know, I tried. Yeah. I appreciate that. And I don't think anyone has had a perfect say 20 years. Right. right yeah. Oh, heck uh, no. There's, there's no such thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, even, even the people who look like they had it perfect. Oh, trust me. Right. Something, something has happened. Uh, some people have had a good ride and we all just like any other facet of life. Some people have a little easier than others, uh, and, and how things just kind of unfold in front of them, but nobody has it all the way easy all the time. That's mm-hmm. never the case. So there's always a challenge. And in that we can always remember there's something to learn because somebody has gone through a challenge that we didn't expect yeah. that we, you know, you may not even see it on them, what they've gone through. So understand that sometimes a why can be hidden uh, beneath what you perceive to be, you know, oh, they're just here to be promoted. You know, they're not really looking out for me. Well, you might misinterpret that. And it's worth asking. It's worth uh, having that conversation to start working your way towards that. Let me understand this person a little bit more. And then maybe we can find a way to connect. And I think that responsibility uh, goes both ways. You have to be open to it when you're working under someone and you have to be open to that response when you're working over someone. Uh, Because sometimes uh, people that work with you can be really honest. Uh, My mother used to teach, tell me all the time that uh, she was a teacher for 34 years. And she's like, boy, students will be honest when you're messed up. (laughs) You know, your clothes don't fit right or something. They're going to tell you. These kids will give you instant feedback that you're doing it wrong. (laughs) That's not the way you're supposed to read the story. You know, that's not the way you're supposed to write on the chalkboard. Yep. And okay, we're not children here, but you're especially your NCO tier, you know, E5, E6. Boy, if there's a, if there's a quite, if there's something that's a miss, they see it because they're the ones who are performing it. So be open to that both ways to understand right. their why and for them to give you the tough feedback to understand your own why. Yeah. I think that, you know, another thing to to actually consider with that as well is um, um, it may not be immediate. You know, even when you give the feedback, they're not going to turn around and say, you know what, hey, sir, you know, thanks a lot for that good feedback. You know, they may storm out of your office. And, mm. and, and, and I do want to, I do want to say that they'll storm out of your office and they'll say, you know what, you, you are a jerk, but as, so as long as you do it, uh, on, 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 for their own good, they may not notice it until you, they PCS, 
and they mm-hmm. may not notice it until they put on staff or they start supervising airmen that they're like, oh, that's what they were talking about. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like when we're adolescents and when we're kids, you know, they're like, oh, my parents were so mean and, and, and I don't, I'm never going to talk to them. And it's not until you have your own kids or you start paying bills that you're like, oh, that's what my mom was talking about. You know, like save money or don't do this with your kids <laughs> or whatever, you know. So I think that, you know, we, we can't, um, I'll put this out there, like for those young supervisors, don't expect the immediate gratification for somebody to just turn around and shake your hand and say, hey, you've been an amazing supervisor. Uh, and it may not happen until a few but years later. They might be at their next duty station right. before they realize how much they've learned from you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 Colonel? you have an example let's go back to november 2018 this is a probably a defining moment in my career because i failed uh i failed those that i was trying to take care of the most uh in my unit and there's a the defining moments in our lives don't usually come unexpectedly there's usually many years worth of uh, development that comes into that moment and so uh I think at that point I had 16 years in the Air Force, and uh, I was concentrating on, of course, the assignments that I had been assigned, uh, concentrating on master's degrees, concentrating on uh, earning a, a doctorate degree, and that's what I was doing. And what was I not doing is going to become a, a point in this conversation. What I wasn't doing is I wasn't educating myself on some of the finer points of human-human interactions. And so I get to that 16-year point, and uh, it's November 2018, and uh, a DOC survey, uh, the results come to my boss. It's in 06 at the time. And that uh, those results, he got before Thanksgiving. And he decided that he was not going to uh, give me the results until after Thanksgiving. I didn't know this at the time. And so after Thanksgiving uh, had occurred, he called me in the office and he uh, showed me the Deox results. The Deox results had uh, comments in there like failing leader. How could this person be in charge? Uh, And and far more uh, descriptive than that. Uh, All professional, by the way, but still saying what was in their hearts no holds barred no holds barred and i gotta tell you it was absolutely crushing to me uh i was on the mat and interestingly uh aside from the comments themselves was interesting about the 06 the 06 uh decided to wait till after thanksgiving to give me the diash results because he said he knew how i would take it he knew the impact it would have on me and so I looked back on you know, what was going on the past six, eight months uh, in that unit. And um, I was working for a, a brigadier general before going to that unit. And there was a project that wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, going as fast as all would like. It was Air Force level program. And he said, uh, uh, Chris, you know, did a little uh, thump in the chest, uh, you know, nicely, but still, you know, when a, Oh, you know, oh Drive, seven. Driving the point home. He's driving the point home saying, hey, we need to get this done. And you're the guy I'm sending in to do it. And so went in there with an objective and saying, okay, guys, we're going to get this done. And we did. We got it done. An Air Force level program. We met all timetables. And matter of fact, we got there a little bit early. But what I did not realize was that I was pushing the team too fast and too hard. And the point of this conversation is 
that I wasn't listening to them. And not only was I not listening to them, they were talking, but I wasn't hearing them. Was it direct? No, it was somewhat indirect, but I still wasn't hearing them. You need to be ready to hear. You need to be ready to listen. And so they were spot on. They were absolutely right. The, uh, and, uh, and I, it, took me, it took me a few weeks to, to embrace that. And so I said, you know, uh, the 06 at the time when I was in the office, he said, you know, think about it for a couple of weeks and come back to me on what you want to do. And again, that was an approach that I just was not expecting. Uh, you should be yelling at me. You should be giving me, uh, you know, pointing that finger at me and you should be firing me. That's what I would do, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that's what I would do. The, uh, and so I came on back after a few weeks and, uh, you know, I came to a few, three realizations. Uh, one was that, uh, you know, you're just not one of the guys anymore. You can't be. You're looked at as the institution. Yeah. Uh, the lieutenant and CGO uh, days were fun. They were great. You were one of the one of the guys. As a major, you can kind of get away with it a little bit. Uh, and then, as a newly minted uh, lieutenant colonel, you're not looked at as one of the guys anymore. You are them. You are you know the Air Force. You're the organization. You're the organization. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And realize that. What you say and what you do, or don't do, or don't do, fantastic point, uh, is looked upon a little bit differently, and so uh, that was a that was a key realization. It was also a realization about the team that I was on. Uh, usually, uh, a praise in public and uh, discipline in private, but they went a little beyond that, and I wasn't picking up on it. They were uh, agree in public and even disagree in private. They did not want to be disagreed with, you know, in a public setting. Uh, I thought it was more collaborative, but that's not what they were feeling from their point of view. And so I, I didn't, I wasn't picking up on that. And the, uh, and the third point, and this is one that is, uh, is probably the most important, is that for 16 years, I was concentrating on, again, I told you things I was concentrating on. I was concentrating on what assignment I was there for. I was concentrating on masters. I was concentrating on doctorate level work. What I wasn't concentrating on is continuous improvement of my leadership skills. Mm. And there was, a, there was an 06 once upon a time that saw a, uh, another individual uh, reading a, a leadership book. And he said, you know, if you have to read a leadership book, then you obviously don't have it. And I said, yeah. Awesome. I like that because that means there's less Thanks. work for me. You <laughs> that know, makes me sad, though. <laughs> you know, it, but it, it, yeah, it does because it was ultimately not right for me, and it's probably not right for a lot of individuals that need to cultivate their education and learn from other people, learn from their mistakes, and, 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 and embrace some of the topics that we're talking about here today. Yep. And so I suspect that uh, most, if not all, the listeners to this podcast are ones that are probably doing professional development on their own. They're listening to this podcast. They're reading books. And it's those individuals, it's me, who actually needs to continue that education, not just for themselves, but also offer those opportunities to others who may not be embracing them yet. I was too late to the fight. I was. I can't get enough of, uh, of professional development books now. And I gotta tell you, I thought they were boring. I, I have this perception that if I'm reading a leadership book, I might as well be reading a stereo manual. Uh, <laughs> but you yep. know, the, the first book I picked up was Turn the Ship Around by David Marquet. 
and I was just enthralled with the book. I was engrossed with it. I, I listened to the the audio version because uh, that's just what works for me. And it was David Marquet himself who was reading uh, his own material. And he, the inflections on that material were part of the the, the key takeaways and and the the material. And so, uh, for me. Whether it be uh, Turn the Ship Around, Leadership is Language, uh, Jocko Willing, and Extreme uh, Leadership, it's not just reading these books, but it's also encouraging others to read them as well. So if you're part of, of uh, my unit, along with Senior Master and O'Farrow, uh, our offer to, the, to every single member is, if you will pick up that book, we'll buy it for you. Just show me a, rece- a receipt, and let's have that conversation. Yeah, I love it. I do. Um, so we're getting to a point where we want to bring our next guests up um, because there's so much to cover here. But what I would imagine that was, is, that was a, oh yeah. yeah, I think I need a moment to to process to really all of absorb that. it. Yeah. yeah, absorb it because that was there's a lot of wisdom, yeah, in in what was just said. Yep. a lot of wisdom. Um, but what I what I think would be really good is is to have these very same guests back for a part two, so that we can really kind of tie the ends more more uh, completely on some of these. So. Folks, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, bring some new guests up to the table and begin uh, our conversation with uh, some different perspectives and uh, continue it. Yeah, this is a great start. Yeah. All right. Did you know you can reach out to us via our social media sites? Yes, you can. Folks, we truly do want to hear from you. You see, it's your feedback, your questions, your insights, which are vital to our ability to remain relevant and meaningful to you, the listener. So give us a shout out. You can find us on Facebook. Simply search Professional Development Center dash CAFB. Again, Professional Development Center dash CAFB. We're also on Instagram at pdc.cafb. Again, pdc. And finally, via our email, 27soffs.pec at us.af.mil. That's 27 Sierra Oscar Fox Sierra Sierra dot Papa Echo Charlie at us.af.mil. Folks, we do want to hear from you. You have listened to an episode of Pulse, recorded by members of the Cannon Air Force Base community. The views expressed within this podcast are those of the speakers and guests and do not necessarily represent the view of the DOD, Department of Defense, or its components. To the airmen, soldiers, sailors, and Marines, we'll see you again soon.